Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a two- episode week here at the almost famous podcast we are celebrating michelle young's season of course we'll be having her on the show tomorrow and she's gonna break down the first episode with us but today we have a very special guest becca and thomas two wonderful people who have been a success story of this season's bachelor in paradise we've got thomas and becca and they're sitting here right with me right now so welcome to the to the podcast. Hello, Becca and Thomas. Ashley, would you consider a success story if I broke up with him on the beach that last day? Yes. <laughs> that leads me to my first question. I know you had to do that. <laughs> okay. I was there. I've been through this before. And they made me go through it in the way that Thomas went through. And I was like, oh, wait a second. 
This makes no sense. This is the first time on this show. I feel like I, I feel like I see right through you. <laughs> so explain to me, Becca, honestly, as honestly as you can, what really happened when you had to sit him down that day. Well, okay. So what the interesting part is, is those last, what would you say, two or three days leading up to the actual breakup, we didn't see each other at all. They had us completely split up. And so the day that Dean and Kalen came down and were like, hey, paradise is over. You either go to the fantasy suites or you break up. I was in this mindset where I was like, I haven't seen this guy for a couple of days. We haven't really been able to have any conversation other than saying yes to a rose at the last rose ceremony. And I was, and I, I was very adamant the entire time of like, I'm not going to leave the show for a third time with somebody if I don't fully know them, because I felt like I did that in the past and then got into the real world and got to know somebody in a completely different light. Mm -hmm. And so that last day I was kind of on the fence of like, yeah, I still am into him, but my head is made up right now that this is my decision. I'm not ready to go into the fantasy suites with him. And it wasn't until the last moments where he was like, I don't want to leave with any what ifs, like fight for us, fight for this relationship where I was like, oh, maybe I am making a mistake here. But at that point it was like too little. And you know how fast everything happens because they have to go through the breakups. Then they have to go through people being like, yeah, let's go to the fantasy suite. So it's like, boom, boom, boom. So he left, but then right away when I got my phone back the next day, I was like, uh, I'm going to just text Thomas and see if he still wants to talk. So um, I think like, had we had more time those last few days, the decision would have been different. I probably would have said, Hey, let's leave the beach and date, you know, not get engaged, not go to the okay. fantasy suites, but still date. But because we had conversations for a while, I just like, I was like, I can't do this a third time. So I kind of just panicked internally. Interesting. Okay. But I was going to say, why didn't you feel like you could just say, let's go off and date? We obviously aren't at the point to have overnights or anything like this, but I'd still like to talk to you in the real world. Yeah, which I'm looking back now, I should have. I think a main thing for me, though, was the entire time that we were on the beach together, it was smooth sailing. I mean, we really had no issues whatsoever, which freaked me out because I was like in a real relationship, we need to have arguments and I need to see how you react when we're fighting or when things aren't going your way. And I just thought like for, and I will say this because I know people have said like Thomas seems so well-spoken and kind of scripted and rehearsed and like he's saying all the right things. So when I was saying Thomas seems too good to be true, that's like what I thought. I felt like I only saw one side of him where he was, I was putting on this positive brave face, but I was like, I want to see more of a human in you. I want to see more of the real raw negative emotions at times. And so I felt like I didn't quite fully know who he was at that point. And that's again, what kind of freaked me out. I was like, I can't be all in and be leave here in another public relationship and see people have us go off and know we're together right now if I don't feel 100% comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so that's why really when we're out in the real world and finally had our phones back and could start dating, you know, in like the private way because we couldn't be in public because the show was airing, I really 
got to know him for him and fell for him, I would say. But up until that point, I felt like I was only getting, I was like, I'm only getting like part of him. Like, what am I missing? And I got in a fight with my producer at one point. Cause I was like, I feel like you guys are keeping something from me because I see this man who basically I'm living with on the beach but then, because I was also watching the episodes back doing my podcast, but then I see this villain edit who everyone hates on the show. Like, what is it? What am I missing? Where's the disconnect here? Which really messed with my mind. So Thomas, I have a question for you then. Because obviously, we get paid on this podcast to have an opinion. Oftentimes, our opinion is just based on what we see on television. You had a line this season in Paradise that I told Ashley on this podcast that stood out to me. It's something really cool. And I don't even know if you meant to it, um, but you, you, I think you told Anna, or I, I believe it was Anna. You said, hey, this is paradise is a place for redemption. Like it's a place to create your redemption story. And I really felt like you did that here, right? Like obviously Becca is one of the, the women in this world I care about the most. And so very protective of her um, just from a distance, but um, she's just an awesome girl. And so like when you guys started dating, I was like, okay, what's going on here? Ashley and I also, I do want to give us some credit. Even after your time on The Bachelorette, we were, we kind of defended you. Like we, we said, hey, I don't think we're seeing this whole story. Like this doesn't feel like that big a deal. Like, nope. you know, I don't think he's communicating himself perfectly, but like, um, but like, yay, he sees this thing as an opportunity. Who does it? Who knows where this could lead? And maybe it leads to love. Hey, I appreciate your honesty too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least you're open about it. But here's my question comes. You have now been criticized uh, on The Bachelorette as being too well-spoken. People not getting to know you, feeling like there's something hiding. Then Becca feels that way initially too. Can you defend your... I, I, I guess it's not much of a question. And like, Can you defend where that comes from? Like, Why do you think that is how you come off to people? Uh, is that how you want to come off to people? Like, like everything's put together. Um, and what would you say to that now uh, after Paradise? So what, what I'd say is that's something that's been something that's followed me historically. If we talk about just a lifelong context, I've been hearing similar things about that since my late college years and starting to transition professional world. And to me, there is a repeating pattern there. And what I'm seeing there is, yes, people, they initially feel like this person can't be this happy-go-lucky guy who just seems to have life together and is always positive and always looking at the bright side. But at the same time, I look at how long that's been going on for. And if people are saying that for over... 10 years now, that's just who I am. And it's something people can have an opinion about us, no matter what we do, they're going to take it as they want. At the end of the day, one of the reasons why I wasn't phased by the criticism that I received on The Bachelorette initially on the beach and even with Becca's, I have the confidence that that is who I am. And that's how I continue to show up because I don't know how to do it any other way. And now being able to see each other in the real world, Becca saw that glimpse on the beach, was wondering, all right, what am I missing? Saw that I also had the emotional component to really have that empathy towards her situation and the desire to grow in our relationship. But I am that happy-go-lucky, positive guy who seemingly has it together, but is just as flawed as anybody else. And it's just people decide to see what they want to see. So, I mean, with that then, I would imagine, you know, that, do you, I guess I should ask you, like, do you, does that take work or is that just who you are? And Becca, maybe you can answer that too, is after getting to spend some time with Thomas, um, at this point, you know, I don't know how many months it has been that you guys have kind of rekindled and, and dated and, and been together often, but maybe you both can just speak to what you've seen Becca. And then Thomas, like, does that take work to always be happy go lucky and, 
does maybe that confuse i mean i feel like that would confuse me if i'm just i mean that was my biggest insecurity buddy like that people the more they get to know me the more they the less they would like me um because they wouldn't understand me and i'm like i don't know i don't know why you know so like i can kind of feel where you're coming from is like that's just who i am but i'm gonna let you two speak to that um first I would say, and this is something that I, I believe I said several times in my interviews on the beach, that I don't think it was ever aired, but like in the entire process of me trying to get to know him, I kept saying like, I want to know more sides of him. Like, again, I see this positive, happy-go-lucky guy, which to me, I just like, I don't think people are fully used to that. I can think of a handful of people in my life that are that way. Like my mom being one of them. My mom is obviously positive. She's always been someone when I've been down or cranky, like always looks at the bright side and tries to build me up. And I just wasn't used to that. And I would say maybe this is just my own thing is men being like that. And so for a while when I was like, okay, is this really him or is it not? If that is him, that's a beautiful thing. Like, and I would never want to change him, but I just want to make sure I know what I'm getting into if this is my partner. Cause I would hate to think that that is him and then come back in the real world and date in a public relationship in a public way and then have him like completely change and pull 180 on me where I was like oh I thought I fell for somebody on the beach but now you're acting different and so that's where my main holdup was and and just getting to know him outside of paradise because that's where I feel like our relationship really took off was when we could be on our own on our own time have our own conversations away from the cameras and everyone where I got to know him for him. And of course, like the more time you spend with somebody, the more sides you see to them and the more traits you see, but he's still always been that positive guy. And we laugh about it. Cause like, we'll have arguments or I'll be down and cranky or having a moment. And he's still so supportive trying to build me up and he'll laugh and he'll be like, how much am I annoying you right now? And like <laughs> being so positive. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit, but I still love you. So, but like, that's just who he is. And again, like, it's just a beautiful thing, but I just feel really lucky now that I can see more sides where that is who he is, but he can also get real and raw and open up. And, you know, he has his moments too, where I have to kind of be more of the supportive, positive one to build just a good balance. But, but I just feel like I needed our time away from the show to really feel comfortable in and seeing that and being all in in the relationship. That's great to hear. I mean, it is. Yeah, it is. And Becca, earlier you mentioned that, you know, you're watching The Bachelorette season kind of like through throughout and a little bit before Paradise. And unlike most girls who go to Paradise, they get to see like two episodes of that Bachelorette season. They don't really get to know the guys. You don't get to know really who's a villain and who's not. But you, I'm assuming we're getting a little, you're getting some screeners. Uh, for your podcast. So you're probably ahead of the game. Yeah. And you knew what was going on with Thomas and the storyline that he had on Katie's season. Let's just dive a little deeper into like how that affected your willingness to get to know him in paradise. Yeah, it was, it was a weird position to be in. And looking back, I don't, like going into paradise, I didn't want my life and my priorities and my work to change. So that was one of the things that I was like, if I'm going to come down here, I still want to be able to do the podcast, do work for my wine label, like be as normal as possible and still be able to get those tasks done. Um, which I think helped and hurt me both when I was down there because yeah, I was getting screeners early. 
so when I actually, the night I stepped onto the beach, I had only seen, I think the first two episodes. So he really didn't have the bad edit at that. Um, you know, some, some things raised about him, but nothing major, but then, you know, fast forward, now we're on the beach, we've had our first date and we've spent weeks together and really, I think started our relationship. That's when I started to get the, the episodes where, you know, people started calling him out. And so that's where I'm questioning the whole, it was this weird, like I I'm seeing one side of him and I'm seeing him get along with not only me, but all of the other cast on the beach with the producers, you know, not really having any issues. I think I came in after most of his drama was done with Tammy and Aaron. And then I'm seeing him just being vilified. Is that a word? Vilified? Vilified? Yeah, it's a great word. Where, and it was weird to me because when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, he got asked if he would ever consider being The Bachelor. To me, in, in reality, like, that's not that bad. You know, I guarantee if you would go to 90% of those men, they would say yes. It's crossed our minds. So like, yes, we would say yes to the opportunity. So to have it have it be so blown up and watching just everyone talk crap on him and Katie send him home in the way that it did to me, it just didn't add up in general, but then I'm seeing this whole other side and we're living with him day in and day out constantly together. It just didn't make sense. So in my, I'm like questioning the producers and I'm like, what am I missing? Like what's going on? Because why portray him one way on the show? And then he, he seems great on the beach. So it was just this weird trying to like, navigate you know i'm seeing one thing am i going to give him a chance and stay open um but it was tough and honestly i don't know if they'll ever (laughs) i don't think they would ever allow anyone to um see early screeners and still be going on the show to date people who are potentially on that season It, it was weird it was really weird well it worked thomas i want to ask you then why did you go back like uh and maybe you could give us some context did you know how your season The Bachelorette was even playing out when you're on the beach? And then second, like, if you did, why did you choose to go to the beach knowing that, you know, it wasn't like the best of times for you? I had no idea of how everything was going to be aired, really? how it was received. We were actually already in quarantine filming Paradise before the premiere for Bachelorette even came out. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. Filming Paradise before The Bachelorette premiere even came out. So we were just going on living our life and I showed up in paradise the same way that I showed up in New Mexico. And that's why I felt confident in doing it because Mm -hmm. it was just, I only know one way to be and that's myself. And the thing, if you look at what happened in the bachelorette is because I was sort of the odd man out because the same pattern somewhat started to try to take place in paradise where when I was the competition, I was perceived as a threat and this person that had to be vanquished in some way, shape or form. But as soon as I was solidified and I was just with Becca, the same people who had all that strife and conflict with me. You notice all that went to the wayside and a lot of similar story pattern that happened to the bachelorette that led to a lot of the forward momentum that led to my ultimate quote unquote demise on that show. And that was all just based off of being that happy go lucky, positive guy trying to reach out and love on everybody else. And in that environment, it's just not suited. And it wasn't received in a way that people thought was, I could possibly be this way. And the reason why I showed up in paradise is because I was like, no, I'm not going to be deterred of being who I am because of a negative interaction right here. And I believe that, this is something that could work. And lo and behold, we're here and it's, it's something that could work. And I mean, and you both know because you've 
been through multiple seasons, like when you're filming and living in the moment, it doesn't seem as extreme and heightened mm-hmm. and dramatic until you watch it back. You know, months later when they add the music and everyone's yeah. sound bites, that's when everything yeah. is. And so I'm sure I, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I can assume that he know he knows how he went home. He remembers the way Katie spoke and how she sent him out the door. But until you're watching it back and everything's pulled together, you're like, oh, shit, that's way worse than I expected it to be. But so he didn't see it at that point. So I was seeing that he had no idea. So I would come back at times from watching the episodes and be like, yeah, it's not going to be good for you. And she yeah. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last question here for you, and this, and this about this for me, and maybe Ashley has a couple more. You guys were just with Katie uh, this last weekend, I believe, in San Diego, and um, the Bachelor world's weird. I've learned that from the hard way a couple times. You know, you have a vendetta against somebody uh speak poorly about somebody you are quick to judge somebody and then you see them at an event about a week later and <laughs> you confront it um how was that like i mean especially for you thomas uh entering back into this and knowing just kind of how you were treated and maybe some of it you know katie can justify and say hey this is just what i was hearing like i'm not saying she was completely in the wrong here but for you to see her in person again like how did that go it was cordial. It was quick. I mean, from mental all to every single time anyone's asking about it, I haven't had any bit of bad blood or animosity towards Katie. Uh, my first interview I had, I, I take full responsibility for it because if you put yourself in her position and she has just pressure of what she was doing on her shoulder to begin with, and then an entire collective of guys saying one thing and really hammering that home, she had no choice really other to send me home. Granted, she could have handled the circumstances around a little bit differently on how she sent me home. But at the end of the day, the way that she did it was actually something beneficial for me. And I looked at it as almost as a favor because the same thing that I said to Becca on the beach, it's just, I don't like to live a life with any what ifs. The moment everything transpired the way that it did, I just knew those weren't people who were intended to be in my life in any way, shape or form outside of just acquaintances that we were around for a brief period of time. So to me, all of that was just water under the bridge. There's no lingering hard feelings or ill will towards anyone in this entire experience at this point. And at the end of the day, this entire 
franchise is based around the possibility of finding romance and finding love. So I look at where I am now and as unconventional as it is, I see myself as one of the most successful things that could have happened here because I found love yeah. and what it's all about. So it wasn't weird. It was easy. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad every single day. Aww. Yeah. We all realize we're adults and we can act that way, you know, act like an adult and be mature about it. Like we've all gone through way harder things in our life. So this, when he says it's water under the bridge, I don't think anyone had any ill will or, you know, alcohol helps. We all had some wine. We all took some wine. It does. Yeah, it does. I agree. So Blake was also there this weekend in San Diego, and he had so many things to say leading up to um, Paradise filming, you know, whether he was going to be there, not going to be there, date you, not going to date you, like all these things swirling in Bachelor Nation as to the decision for him to be or not to be there. How did you feel about your name in his mouth so much? You, you mean Blake wanted to date no. me? No. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't, Thomas? Um, you know, like, here's the thing. Blake and I, and even when I saw him this weekend, we hugged and I was like, it's good to see you at the end of the day. Like, I wish the best for you. And it was, it was fine. Um, and we've always been in good standings, I would mm-hmm. say, even after my season, obviously, you know, like at that point, it was weird because I broke up with him on national television and got engaged to somebody else. But even with that, like there was never any ill will or bad blood between us. We've kept in contact. We've supported each other. We've been, I think, good supporters. And, and I would say friends. I think there was just miscommunication and chalk it up to like men and women and how people communicate um always like been in i'd say sporadic contact but it was in my mind never something that was you know serious as like a relationship would go um and so like for me now it's like we all kind of know what goes on and who's dating who and so in my mind it's just like you know if i don't if like, I, I just, I guess I wouldn't talk about somebody as much or, you know, like be hyper-focused on somebody mm-hmm. if I knew they were in a relationship, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so it was strange. And it was uncomfortable because he knew and he had even said, like, he's like, I know you're in a relationship and you're probably trying to protect something with Thomas. But, yeah, I mean, it was good. I don't think it's ever, you know, again, it's just communication between men and women and between the two of us, but I will always wish him the best and support him. Uh, we went to his show and Katie and I were up on stage with him. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, it's, I, I think we'll always be cordial with each other and supportive. Obviously we're going to be at Ben's wedding together. So yeah, yeah I'm glad you guys had settled, like saw each other before my wedding. I was selfishly i'm very happy this happened this last weekend you know know, nick and caitlin did the same thing before our wedding and we were also very grateful for it (laughs) i'm like hey this is great you guys you guys hash this out um well i I do want to just uh hear from the two of you then because obviously you know you both went on the paradise probably definitely with different stories different intentions and you know uh now you sit here today on this podcast together. You're holding each other's legs and you look really cute. Good-looking couple. Um, how does it feel? Like, how are you doing? How does this feel? Um, where, does, where does this go? 
<laughs> you want to take it away? <laughs> I'd say the most remarkable thing of all of it, it feels normal. It feels not like any other version of like a happy life should or I could imagine it would feel. And we wake up and we, we take our dogs out and we drink coffee and we talk about what we need to do for the day. And We're then so boring. we support each other through that we have dinner together. And we, it's just, it's just the most simple, easy, beautiful thing that I, that I could ask for. And I feel like when you find the right person, that's what it feels like. And it's, it's, it's just been, I'm speaking for myself here. It's just been nothing short of everything I could have asked for. Yeah. It's, uh, and maybe you, I don't know if you can agree with this statement or not, but coming from the show and coming, Ben, you obviously got engaged on your season. Did you ever feel like there was some sort of pressure around that because you got engaged mm. on the show? And so I think in the past relationships, Definitely. that's, you know, always, that was always a lingering feeling, I would say for me personally. Mm-hmm. And now the first time where I don't feel that pressure. And that was the beautiful thing about how we could start our relationship was on our own terms after the show, away from the cameras. We could have the conversations. And one thing that I told him is I was like, we can, we can take this slow and you can get to know me for me and see if I'm actually somebody that fits in your life and that you're compatible with and want to be with no pressure. And if it doesn't work out between us, we can hopefully stay friends and have this cool, weird, unique story behind us. But now I just feel like every day I wake up excited, but in a way where there's no pressure in a way where we can just live our lives. And when I say like, we're boring, we really do just, you know, we wake up, walk the dogs, we get our work done, we go grocery shopping, nothing like wild and crazy and overly exciting. But to me, it's exciting because it's with him. And this is the first time where I just feel, and I hate using the word content, but I just feel mm-hmm. content, happy. And like, he's just like my calm place. And um, I've never felt like that in a relationship that's so sweet yeah you're well hey ashley and i can both attest to being boring also guys i mean you were on stage at a concert last weekend um i I haven't done anything like that a lot i i I raked my leaves yesterday and that was the (laughs) thing i was most proud of so (laughs) we we're on we get it here oh we yeah we love we love the contentness you guys (laughs) said uh you said recently becca that you told your mom I see myself marrying this man. How is it different now than it was, well, the previous two engagements? Yeah. Again, I think it's just on our own terms, no pressure. Um, I And this is actually something, too, that I said on the show that they would never air. I know that they would never include this. But I think it was on our first one-on-one date. I told Thomas, I'm like, I want a partner, but I don't know if marriage is for me. Um And I think that was just because I didn't find somebody that I was all in ready to commit to fully. Like, yes, I was engaged in the past and I was invested in those relationships. I don't want to downplay those. I would say maybe the first one doesn't count as much, but after my time on The Bachelorette, definitely invested, but it just never felt fully right. And so that's why, you know, there was never a wedding. There was never anything planned. And he's the first guy that I've been like, I can't picture my life without him. I want to do every day with him, boring or not. I want him to be by my side and I want to invest and commit. And 
and it just it just it's the first one that like really feels right like really feels like this could be it you know you've you've mentioned it a few times and i was just sitting here trying to think of you know the pressure is a true thing but you know i was thinking okay I want to make sure I understand exactly like in my relationships when I don't feel the pressure good or bad or indifferent. And I really only felt pressure when things were going poorly or when I knew it wasn't healthy or when I knew this wasn't right for both parties involved, like that both of us probably should be out of this. We're not our best versions of ourselves. We're not content. The boring things aren't just boring. They're burdens. Um, and every day felt like a, a tougher day. And that's when the pressure started to feel. But like in my you know relationship now, like contentment, I would say is at the surface. I just told Jess this week, like I'm almost upset that I don't feel more anxiousness towards the wedding or nerves. Like I just feel good about it, like peaceful about it. Like I just feel excited that I'm marrying somebody that I love and that I don't feel pressure to marry her. In fact, it's just a decision I want to make. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like, it's like a magical, really beautiful thing you're saying is like the lack of pressure probably only happens, I would assume, when things aren't going well, because then you feel like you got to stick it out. And there's no way out. So, yeah, that's a good, that's, that's, I don't know. I appreciated you saying that. I, I think it's kind of cool. Um, you are kind of like the second version of what's happened with Caitlin. You know, she was fully committed mm. and in a relationship for three years after being the lead. And now look, you, it's very, very similar. End up with somebody from a different season and you were a lead. And I think it's cool. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and I, I love Caitlin. She, and she was really great and helped me through the breakup because she was a past lead that was with her partner for a few years. It wasn't a breakup. She really did give it her all. And so like going through that breakup, she helped me tremendously. And even now just bonding with her over, and we laugh about it now because she obviously was on Katie's season hosting with Tasha and got to know the guys. And I think she told Tia before coming on to paradise, like watch out for two guys, watch out for Thomas, watch <laughs> out for Aaron. <laughs> and um, talking about that now, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see other examples of relationships come from the show that aren't the conventional way or quote unquote, like the right way of how things should have been done, but you still meet people in different avenues at different events or whatever it might be part of Bachelor Nation. Um, and I was very adamant. I was like, I don't want to date anyone else from the show. Really. I don't want to have another public relationship. And I mean, here I am a couple months later, but, um, but yeah, so she's been great to see. And, um, and I would just hope that I know it's because it, so many contestants come from the show and um, I think hopefully it can be a good thing for people to see someone in Thomas's position who really got the short end of the stick and had a terrible first time around to still be open to finding somebody and whether it's with a friendship or an actual partner from the show and the franchise. Um, I think it's just going to be nice for other people to see him and, and be like, okay, you know, he had a really shitty go, but, but it could still turn around. You never know. Yeah. Ben, about the conversation I had with mm -hmm. Hannah, the conversation was, and the quote, it was your past experiences don't define you here. Oh yeah. And saw that was true firsthand at the beach with my relationship with everyone who I had the time with in New Mexico. And then that's just as true in life. And that's, that's something that I'm glad she got to have that experience just as well as anybody else. And I'm seeing that play out firsthand 
here in that exact scenario Becca just went over. Well, Thomas, if I filled out a jacket the way you do, I'd been seen on Paradise also just to show off the arms. <laughs> but I never went. And there's a reason why, because I have a hard time with even a small T-shirt. So um, because you have a beautiful out in a, in a couple of weeks coming up. Yeah, that's you right. Do. That's right, man. <laughs> I'm so pumped. I'm getting really excited. Planning is planning is done. It's time to celebrate. For a lot of the couples, we get to see their their first I love you's on the show, but we didn't get to see that with you. So can you tell us about how that moment went down? You want me to tell it or do you want to tell it? I'll tell the first part and you bring it home. Yeah, okay. Okay. So the first one, it started in, in phases. There was the I'm falling in love with you initially. And that was I went up to see her in LA and I walked through the door and I was surprised with the most elaborate blanket fort assembled in the middle of her living room and it was just incredible so we, we spent that night in a blanket fort eating snacks playing games i looked over and i'm like i'm falling in love with you. you you know you have the feeling long before you have the words to express it and it was something i just felt continuing to bubble up and bubble up in me and then about a week and a half two weeks later we're here making dinner in san diego yeah, we were just hanging out and he, we were just sitting on his back balcony in front of the fire, drinking wine, talking. And um, like, you know, when you just have word vomit and you're like, oh, it's going to spill out of me, but I kind of want to keep it in. I was trying to keep it in for a while. And then all of a sudden I just looked at him and I, what did I say? I was like, you know what? I think I'm falling in love with you, Thomas. And then right away you said it back. Or you were like, I know you are something. I don't know. <laughs> but I was trying to hold it in for so long and it just popped out. Um, obviously, thankfully, he reciprocated it because it could have gotten real awkward. But I think we just both felt it and we both knew. And yeah, it was really special. It was, it was, it was one of those moments leading into it. We were both just staring at each other giggling like little, little school children. It was just like, I love you. Yeah. How <laughs> sweet. That's so sweet. You mentioned LA and San Diego. I have to assume that the fact that you guys are so close geographically has really helped build the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we really lucked out in that department where, because obviously everyone from the show is from all over the country or from Canada. And uh, it actually was one of our first conversations that kind of bonded us because I found out he lived in San Diego. I was like, oh, I used to live in that area. So we talked about our favorite restaurants and wine bars and coffee shops. Um, but it's been nice because it's only about a two and a half hour drive without traffic on a good day. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. Um, and because, yeah, we're, we spend, what would you say, 85% of our time together, 90% of our time together. And so it's, it's fun because we both have home bases in the cities. But then it's like a little road trip back and forth. And uh, he, I know, would like me to already be living in San Diego, but I just bought a house. So I got to got to say, it's, it's an adventure. But yeah, it's so nice that he's close. I can't imagine having to fly back and forth places. It would just be too tough. We had the proximity, which allowed us to spend the 90% of the time together with, with each other. And more importantly, we had that time together away from the cameras, having to be indoors, having to have more just intimate one-on-one -on -one time. And that, to me, I feel like was the biggest blessing we could have had to start a relationship because at that point, it's all right. We just spent three and a half months confined in our homes with nothing but each other to keep us distracted. 
And that's still someone who we continue to fall in love with deeper and deeper each day. And to me, it's like building a foundation on a pillar of stone instead of sand in that way. And now we have a world to go explore. Mm. We have Costco to do. We and have we Costco have to go grocery shopping in. Exactly. Right. And, then, and then for us, like what we started this with, we have that deep level of contentment in the normal, quote unquote, simple things. And that was heavily attributed to us having that first three and a half months, just being able to be close and spend time in each other's homes. Yeah. I don't know how in the world do you hide Thomas? I don't know how, like <laughs> there's some people in this franchise that you can sneak in with a mustache and a backwards hat and sunglasses, but fella, that's not easy to sneak you around. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. didn't really go to public besides we would take the dogs on walks and go to parks. And, um, I could tell when he would get spotted, you know, you always see somebody's yeah. eyes gasp. And so I would just always beeline it away. So they didn't see me and then he'd get stopped and it would look, you know, look like he was alone, but it's funny because, and Ben, you probably get this all the time because you're a tall guy. Too. You know, when you're walking through the airport or the grocery store and people recognize you and they're mm -hmm. just like, oh. and it's just yeah. so cool reactions to him. Yeah. You don't hide. We don't hide well, um, but that's okay. Hey, so it's fine. Um, Ashley, anything else? Oh, I was just going to say, Becca, do you have any regrets now buying the house? <laughs> because you you looked for a whole year for a house, basically, you said on Instagram. And now you're like, oh, man, do I want to be stuck in L.A. or do I want to be in San Diego? You know what? Um, a little bit. But I, I'm so still proud of myself that I was able to find one and just do it on my own. And Worst case scenario, I'll just still keep it for a while and use it as an investment or a rental property. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's not, it, the t timing was not ideal, but I'm going to make it work. <laughs> Actually, good story because the day I officially closed on the house was the last day of paradise. So I got back to the hotel. <laughs> I was because I just broke up with him and I, I then regretted that and I was like, oh man, I have these what ifs. So I'm sobbing all on the bed. And my one of my best friends, who also is the producer, who also used the same realtor and lender that I used, got all these texts and calls in from them. And, and she was like, Becca, I know you're sad right now, but you just closed on your home. Oh <laughs> yeah. Now we know why you you're in a rush out of there. This all makes sense now. <laughs> Becca's like, I close on a house in two hours, Thomas. I'm sorry, dude. This isn't going to make sense. But I'm out. Like, we'll talk later. We'll figure this out in a couple hours. Hey, uh, you two are great. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you coming on uh, the Almost Famous podcast. Best of luck to both of you. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks so Thanks, much. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, 
Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what a really happy couple. I mean, that that is something special. And I know people still have their reservations about Thomas, um, but... You know, I, I am protective of Becca because I got to spend so much time with her and I, I know what uh, her heart desires. And it feels like, I mean, Ashley, tell me if I'm crazy. It just feels like they're good. They're like so no good. pressure on them, but it just feels like they're good. I know. I feel really good about them. I'm excited to see where the year takes them. And uh, well, it's now time for one of our favorite parts with our resident expert, Ashley Iconetti, breaking down all the headlines and bachelor in <laughs> Bachelor Nation. Here we go. First headline is this. This is a cute one. Bachelor in Paradise's Noah crashes car into house while kissing Abigail. This is according to E. Guys, this is crazy. I heard about this a couple of days ago. So on Thursday, October 14th, Noah got on his Instagram stories. And he described what happened that night. He goes, just took Abigail out to a nice dinner. We're enjoying ourselves. Incredible experience. Food was great. We hop in the car. We start listening to Annie, (laughs) of all things. The sun will come out tomorrow. Comes on. It starts raining. The mood is getting right. We get to my house. I stop the car. I look at Abigail. And I think, dang, she looks really pretty. So I start kissing her. And it turns out I never put the car in park and I rolled right through my grass and hit my house. <laughs> oh, he says kind of cute. It is cute. It's very cute. Genuinely small little kiss turned into me hitting the house. I've never done that before. I wouldn't think I'd ever do that. It's absurd. But here I am letting all the things go into shambles for a little bit of love, which is adorable. I wonder if there was actual damage to the house or just a little tap. Yeah, I mean, hey, a car in park going into the siding will definitely cause some issues, but uh, what a story to joke about one day uh, later on. I guess his foot wasn't on the gas. Well, that's that's even better. Yeah, that would cause some damage. Well, hey, uh, Madison Pruitt revisits Tents Peter Weber after the final rose in new book. She has a new book coming out, if you didn't know this. Has she spoken to The Bachelor? The headline questions. This according to Us Weekly. Okay, so she says that the pair, the two of them, have multiple—they have mutual friends, but they have had no direct contact. She says, through mutual friends, there have been conversations circulating. We have not seen each other since the finale. We don't talk or anything like that. I have nothing but the best to say about him. I think he's an incredible guy. And everyone goes off of what they see on an edit on a TV screen. But people have to remember that every single one of us are human beings and things can be depicted in a certain way. But we have real feelings. Blah, 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 blah. They haven't seen each other. (laughs) They have not talked. Yeah, a long story short, they haven't talked, but her new book is coming out. Uh, well, Michelle Young teases three guys fans should keep their eyes on ahead of Bachelorette premiere. This is according to E.T. Okay, yeah. So E.T. says these are the guys that we need to look out for. Clayton, who apparently is a sweetheart and is the new Bachelor. So, of course, we have our eye on him. Rodney. Wait, time out. Can I pause you there? Yeah. Isn't it weird that like the show hasn't officially announced Clayton as their bachelor like, yet. Jesse Palmer post a picture yes! with him on Instagram. Thank you. That's weird. That to was me. so weird. I was like, is this the official yeah. announcement? Did I not see it? Very odd. It's very, I agree. very odd. 
Okay, so then we apparently need to look out for Rodney and Jamie, who left a very memorable first impression and was, oh, Michelle's first one-on-one. Okay, so Rodney, Clayton, and Jamie. Katie Thurston fires back at social media speculation about Blake Moyne's engagement. This is according to Us Weekly. Okay, so there are people saying, are you okay? Is it okay? You guys aren't liking each other's posts. Oh, they're not liking each other's posts? That Okay, now... <laughs> Wait a second. Is this, is this stupid? I think that that is actually a little weird. You don't have to comment under each post, but you're not going to like each post? You don't... You're telling me you don't I don't like, like every one of Jessica's. Stop. No. It's supportive. Not on purpose. It's, it's like you're doing a great job, sweetie. No, I... Sure it is, but like I'm not on my phone that much. And so... If she posts on social media and I don't see it, like I don't go back through and like look at all the pictures she posted. I just like, it's not like if I saw one of hers, of course I would like it. I'd probably comment, but oftentimes I don't even see half the stuff she's posting because I'm just not on it. Okay. And if he's in Africa, okay, like that's the real, that's thing a whole different. Here. Yeah. Cause he's probably yeah. posting 12 hours before she's actually getting on her phone. So in those 12 yes. hours and vice versa, Fans are like, oh, they haven't liked that picture yet. Well, yeah, because the time change. But anyway, this is what Katie said. She says, imagine your fiance has been on his stories for weeks in Kenya, working his butt off. And yet this is what people notice. She goes, but liking posts equal to love. I thought um, that's a, that's what a Twitter a Twitter person said. Liking posts equals to love, I thought. And then she said, I guess that's love 2021. All right. So, you know, if you want to really like get into this with Bachelor yeah. Bachelor Nation world, like Kaylin and Dean, they don't even like follow each other. Yeah. Everybody's silly. Everybody's silly. Come on. If they're together, they're together. If they're not, they'll let us know and we'll be the first to announce it. Well, hey, uh, Kaylin Bristow and Tasha Adams react to Jesse Palmer being named host of The Bachelor. This is according to ET. Mm-hmm. So, so our friend Lauren Zima, she spoke to both the girls. And this was what Caitlin said. I think it makes sense to have women around the bachelorette and men around for the bachelor just to be supportive. He's been the bachelor. We've been bachelorettes. It's kind of nice to have that perspective. I'm here to validate your feelings or what you're going through. You know, I think it brings a whole new perspective, um, perception to the bachelor in the bachelorette. That's what Tasha said. She said, I think with Jesse, we might be able to bring it back to how the franchise used to be. Um, he can give some pretty good pointers. I'm excited for him. Um, I think it's good for Jesse to come on. There you go. Well, we got our, uh, I think they're called hosts now. I get confused, but our hosts, Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams of The Bachelorette, uh, commenting on Jesse Palmer. Well, that's all the headlines we have for you today. Um, super thankful uh, for all of these headlines and all the the madness that Bachelorette is and the Bachelor world is creating. Well, hey, let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to have Alexis, the winner of our Bachelor in Paradise Bracket League. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we are joined right now by our Bachelor in Paradise bracket winner, our Ooh. league, our league winner. She got the most answers right every single week. So, Alexis, congratulations on being a Bachelor fanatic. Thanks. I'm proudly am one. Are you a fan of the podcast, too? Yeah. So I started watching The Bachelor uh, during Ben's season with one of my really good friends, Mixie, in college. We were uh, in the in our program that we were in in school, like everybody watched it. And so we were like, well, let's give it a shot. Then ever since then, yeah, I've been pretty diehard about it. Amazing. Uh, Who's your favorite couple to come out of the franchise? And you don't have to name me. Oh, my favorite. You don't have to, but it would be highly (laughs) suggested. No, please. Other than me. Other than me. (laughs) How conceited is that? That's so silly. Yeah, I'm really enjoying um, Katie and Blake. Okay, mm-hmm. I felt like it. It was a good a good match. So thinking, although there's been some things that have been, I don't know, going on. I guess people are like concerned that he's not commenting on her stuff, even though he's in Africa. Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm we're not reading too far into that here. Like no. we're like he's in Africa. Like give the guy a break. He doesn't need to be yeah. on social media right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's silly to feel any pressure after right under every one of your significant other pictures on Instagram. Who were you rooting for this paradise season? Oh, well, definitely Joe and Serena. Mm-hmm. It yeah, they were just so cute. But um, I during um Riley and Marissa's engagement, I guess it was prior, like the fantasy suite. Mm-hmm. I thought just being so like open with his feelings and so genuine and Mm -hmm. the whole Sunday morning thing was just like so cute. So those were my, my two couples, you know, obviously you're the, the first inaugural winner of our almost famous bachelor bracket. And uh, many people out there listening right now are wondering what was your strategy? Like how did, how, when you went into every week, how did you pick your people? What did you think through share some insight? Yeah, I would rewatch the previews like a bunch of times and I didn't want to forget my like to pick my people. So I'd watch right after the episode, I would make I would pick my team. And then um, there's actually this YouTube channel, Bachelor Fan Take. Mm -hmm. And I like I feel like you should be part of the FBI or something because he will take the whatever one minute preview and turn it into like a 15 minute video. And he like super analyzes everything oh, wow. and so i would rewatch that and <laughs> that would help me pick my team <laughs> okay well alexis that begs the question that we bring up every week did you see marissa kissing damar no i didn't which i was 
I, mm. yeah, whenever I want to see that clip, I haven't looked it up yet. But when you guys mentioned it the first time, I remember seeing them on the couch, but I don't remember that. And I was really surprised that I didn't catch it. So I don't know. <laughs> I got a, I got a, a direct message this week that explained the video. Somebody did that FBI type investigation, and I guess it was really good editing. So it was like meant to be seen like that. But they said it was the weird angles and it wasn't Damar and that it was good editing. I'm going to believe it, even though I watched it. I'm like, I don't know how they did that. But um, I mean, it feels like we're the only ones super, uh, super engaged in this yeah. conversation. So that that DM made sense to me. Now, Alexis, we had I don't know how many. I think we had close to maybe over 2000 people join this bracket. How does it feel to be the winner? Like, do you win a lot of things in your life? <laughs> Honestly, I consider myself to be a pretty lucky person, um, but I think I'm more just competitive and especially when it's like the end goal is something that I actually want, you know, so um, we I've done a fantasy league before my best friend April, we've done one just like by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was the first time that I've ever done batch bracket. Actually, it was the second time I did it for Tasha's season, but it was kind of hard. Um, but I felt like it was a lot more fun because there's so many things that you can get points for because um, paradise is just so unpredictable, you know? Well, Alexa, you're a winner and so is your cat. You guys, we've been able to watch her cat be just all lovey-dovey up on her and he's he or she is perfect for Halloween. He looks like Salem. Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. Alexis, your cat is uh, is a superstar. Uh, I mean, even even decided to take a bath on screen. That's pretty impressive. That's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with doing. No shame. No shame at all. Uh, Alexis, are you going to play in uh, the Almost Famous Season 2 Bachelorette bracket? Of course. I'm hooked now. Oh, I love it. I have to. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I'd see how many people like joined the league, and it kept going up the whole time. So no matter what, uh, people kept wanting to join. And I was, I think what motivated me to keep going was that I was tied for first with one other person for maybe like mm-hmm. time. And I was like, I have to, I have to win. So, well, Alexis, thanks for playing and thanks for coming on to say, yeah. Hey, we appreciate it. And we appreciate your listenership. You're so sweet. And we will, uh, see you on the bracket. I bet we see you back here at some point. I could see I could see a two P out of Alexis uh, in the next couple seasons. Yeah, I wonder if I'm gonna like eventually just become part of Bachelor Nation. Yeah. And, you know, well, let's let's make I'll it happen. Have my own podcast. I've actually met you both before. Well, in a way, um, Ashley, you made a cameo with Jared for my best friend's birthday. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I went to, we, and the same best friend, April, um, we went to a bachelor live on stage in Portland and did like, the Oh, sweet experience. <laughs> How was that? Did you enjoy it? Oh yeah. We went, I mean, like I said, like we're big fans and I'm a, April is also like an incredible fan more than me. I'm surprised she didn't, if she would have done the bracket, she would have won. So maybe she'll be my competition for the next season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, Jessica was at that show. Portland was one of our favorite spots. Thanks for saying hi again. It's it's yeah. it's good to see you. Uh, there's a lot of people on that tour, um, yeah. but it's nice to have you back. So Alexis, uh, thank you, uh, and we will be chatting again. I bet very soon. That's my <laughs> guess. Yeah. 
Well, it's great to have Alexis on the podcast. I have a feeling we'll be hearing from her again. What a great episode. Uh, Thomas and Becca, I, I mean, we'll, we'll post some clips, but they were just like holding on to each other the whole time. Seems like they're, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Something to celebrate. Well, hey, uh, we'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow. Uh, breaking down this week's episode of The Bachelorette with The Bachelorette, Michelle Young. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. But until then, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hey guys this is paris hilton trapped in treatment is back and this season we're taking on wasp the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.